All right. Inappropriate Earl is back. Back for more. We've had a busy, busy week. Paul Morrissey, David Letterman. I think it was his last comic he booked. Don't quote me on that one. Patrick Kennison, the guitar player from Lita Ford. Ari Manis. It's been dude heavy lately on Inappropriate Earl. Uh, like I said, if you think you can do a better job booking this show, then you book it and I'll interview him. Until then, I got to deal with who can come to my palatial estate. Ru Russell Peters coming soon. Just thought I'd throw that in there for you Palmers who got to get in there with Russell. It's unbelievable, you people. But today we have a female comic but she's a great comic <laughs> i don't like saying female comic because then it's like if you it's a whole thing it's a whole new era now yeah she's a great comic who happens to be a female give it up for one of the comedy store's favorite daughters <laughs> jessica michelle singleton yay thanks for having me it's good to be here i'm glad to be the female comic on your show there have been a, f a few female comics. That's so funny. And uh, they always do better than the male episodes. That's because men are bad at talking. And women, we be talking. I don't know if that's true. Well, women comics be talking. Yeah, no, I think just women love to talk. Well, But women comics probably more because we have no shame or filter in our... We don't care if you think we're emotionally ugly. <laughs> Well, we, we are all emotionally ugly. I know. So ugly. We're all tortured souls. I know. It's great and it's also a nightmare. Is it tougher being a woman in a mostly male business? Um, I feel like I, I see how it could be for some people, but I honestly think to me, it's always been, I've always felt like it makes me stand out because it's automatically different. Right. People are used to like when people go, oh, I don't get booked because I'm a woman now. I'm like, no, people are actively seeking women. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know. Maybe I'm fucked up about it. I had a female comic try to give me feminist perspective and be like, look, you're exceptionally good for women or men. So you're not going to have to deal with. It was a very nice, like backwards compliment. Cause her whole thing was like a woman should be able to be as mediocre as the men they book on a lineup and get booked. But you have to be, I believe that you have to be better than all of the men to get booked with the same. Oh my God. Do you still have an answering machine? Earl? We, we have a landline uh, situation right now. God, Unbelievable. Is 90 toll. Sorry about that guys. Sorry about that guys. Uh, you have a, you have an answering machine. I do. Phone. I do have an answering machine. Now I got to figure out, okay, we're going to turn the answering machine off. How uh, old are you? 60? Uh, I'm uh, 49, but I can play 48. <laughs> yeah, you can. Look at you. You're a young stud. I mean, you know, uh, I don't feel my age, but, uh, you know, it's a young man's game or well, woman's. Do comedians ever feel their age? I feel like we are, in a good way, it's a profession that sort of gives you permission to be a little bit of a child. <laughs> Well, and I think you can be older too, and uh, it you know if you're funny, you'll make it in some capacity. Yeah, I think if you work hard and you're funny, there is something for you. Like if you're a model, once you get past a certain age, it's over. Yeah, it sucks. If your talent is being hot, that is short lived. Because we all get wrinkles, we all uh, 
we age gain, gain weight um yeah you can't run forever you models know, you yeah. can't hide from the croissants forever so you young hot comics who are relying on your looks coasting on looks but there are a few of them out there and it's like boy you guys have no clue once you hit a certain age if you're not funny it's see you yeah. johnny right and i mean then there are people who are currently good looking that are also funny but yeah there are definitely a lot of people that it's it's very clear that like you're here because you look appealing to the eye and I hope you start writing or work with someone who can write better jokes for you. Well, well, like Matt Broussard, incredibly good looking dude, but he's very, very funny. He's also very funny. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. He's got, he gets it all. You don't need this. Lachlan Patterson. Uh, Uh, Those cheekbones. I mean, uh, Lachlan Patterson is a good looking man and a good looking woman. (laughs) Like if he wanted to be, he would be a great drag queen. And, He's like the nicest guy on earth. So nice. Well, that's such a weird perception that I don't know if it's from watching 80s and 90s movies with like high school bullies, but I always expect pretty people to be like really mean. <laughs> like, Especially in the be, comedy world. Yeah, like they're going to think they're too good to be my friend. And that rarely happens in comedy. Not a lot of, uh, you know, if you're a good looking person in the world of comedy, you know, you have a leg up. Yeah, because most of us are not that good looking. We're going to go on Facebook live right now. Is that cool? That's cool. Okay. I just like to, you know, when I feel the interview is a hot one, I like to give the fans a little tasty. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> they Facebook live and they're like, don't even post this episode. It's garbage. You know, I'm trying. All right. Now it's just your leg. I'm not trying to. It's okay. My legs are actually the only part of me that I like besides my brain. No, no. It's I'm trying to. uh, It's the perfect angle. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Make me look thin and young and like someone else. Well, I didn't want you to think I'm like trying to like Like give you a a beaver shot. Uh, You know, it's a whole new era. You can like, is this is the era so that now I can't accidentally have a vagina lip hanging out of my pants because I think it's funny. You can, but like (laughs) here you are at my house. Uh, yeah, you're, and it's called inappropriate Earl, and they're like, he's just perving on her puss. Yeah, I mean this just l- zooming in. <laughs> well, I mean this is a close-up shot. My foot's kind of blocking your vaginal Vagina. area. One time I was shooting a sketch. This was years ago with you know Hormoz Rashidi. Oh, he's uh, a great, awesome dude. Um, him and a bunch of other people. But I was sitting on the couch talking in shorts, and uh, Hormoz is like, Jessica Michelle, your pussy's hanging out of your shorts, and I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's not. And he's like, no. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I feel very uncomfortable, but your vagina is actually hanging out of your shorts. And I looked down. It was just like my pussy lip coming out the side of like my underwear and the shorts were too short. And I was like, okay, well, here we are. <sighs> I mean, when you first started comedy, did you get creeped on by all these animals in the comedy scene? You know what is that? I feel like if I was getting creeped on, I was so... I have very few stories where I can remember thinking I was specifically being creeped on. And part of me is like, did I just keep blinders on? Am I so used to sexual harassment that I was like, Oh, whatever a guy hit on me. And I didn't think twice about it. Or, or do I just not get creeped on as much as other women? Like when women talk about how often they're harassed in the comedy community, I'm, I'm like, that's horrible. And also why is no one harassing me that much? Like, right. Do I give off a a vibe that I can't be harassed because Good, but also sort of offended that no one's even tried. Not no one, but it's a very small handful of times where I felt creeped on. Well, because I think you're a a smart girl, so you're uh, 
you don't give off the impression that you're uh, right off the tuna boat. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people are like, mm, I couldn't just like take advantage of her naivety. Like, right. You're not like, naive. She's not going to blow me for an open mic spot. Right. It'd have to be at least a spot in the OR. Right. Which like most of those girls aren't, but they might blow you because they want to blow you and that should be fine. But <laughs> well, I do see uh, at the comedy store specifically the greatest club on earth. It's really is. It's I, amazing. I it really just uh it's heaven on earth yeah uh but i do see some uh female comics and some male comics who think smoking weed in the back is gonna get them in there yeah oh like flirting and being like if i'm flirty yeah it ain't gonna it's like you. be funny yeah well because you're past at the comedy store yeah well and that's the thing to me is that i do hear women and then, and I'll see it mostly in like all women's circles, or I've seen it in like female Facebook groups of women being like the comedy store doesn't like women, but it's always women who never go to the comedy store. And I'm like, you're, you don't get to say that show up. They want funny women. Be funny. Right. Yeah. But which it's, which sucks because there are instances of bookers or shows or clubs where they are genuinely probably anti-woman. And I'm like, no, the co- if you're a funny woman at the comedy store, you'll thrive. Yeah, I mean, but you have to show up. Like no one's coming to find you, Susan B. Comedian or whatever. I, at the, no, they're not going to come out and be like, "You there at the open mic? I want to make you a star. I'm putting your name on the wall." Like you have to show up and actually be funny, which I think. But the comedy store is such an arduous process, I guess, as far as putting in time. So if you're not willing to put in time, yeah, I mean, I feel like the comedy store isn't going to when people talk about women in comedy and they're like, they don't like women. I don't think that's true. But I think that in my experience, at least, especially with Adam, I don't think he's going to give you the benefit of a doubt for being a woman, which I appreciate. Like he's not going to give you more stage time because you're funny for a woman. Like, but he'll look at you as an equal to men. And if you're as funny as the men he thinks are funny, then he's interested in you, but he's not going to be like, well, you're pretty funny for a gal where, which is to me offensive as fuck. (laughs) Right. I didn't even like calling you a female comic. You're just a comic. Yeah. Who happens to have a super tight pussy. And that's just how it is. Am I still allowed to say that? On this show, you are. <laughs> I don't know if Facebook Live will uh, shut us down for that. I don't if know. If you get banned from Facebook, I'm very sorry. You know, I've almost thought of banning, taking myself off of all social media. I was off Facebook for two months and it was the greatest feeling except for the occasional text message I'd get from people randomly being like, did you block me on Facebook? I'm like, no, get over yourself. Why would I block you? Uh, well, because it's, uh, well, but you have a podcast too. So you kind of got, what's the name of it? I like to just throw it's, in random yeah, no, plugs. Ignorance is hashtag blessed. And that's on iTunes. Yes. iTunes. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. I need to, well, is it on SoundCloud? Lipson. Lipson for sure. I need to put on, are you on Spotify? Uh, no, I'm just on SoundCloud and iTunes. I but. just got the an email and people have been telling you about Spotify is doing podcasts now. And you'll, I mean, it's not a ton of money, but you'll make money the way you make, like if you have an album on Spotify, so you know, like a couple pennies or whatever, but yeah, it like, but rotates because people put in like podcasts now. Oh, podcasts are like the, the Spotify is like the place. Yes. Spotify is amazing. Even though they're getting sued uh, today, actually breaking oh. news. That for, a lot of money 1.6 billion by who uh by people who manage tom petty the doors basically saying they circumvented the copyrights 
Oh, uh, no. So Spotify, no. There's like 10,000 songs they sued them. So uh, it's a good time to get in there on a podcast jam. Yeah, you're right. And like, you're, you no longer have Tom Petty. Here's my podcast. Same uh, thing. We have a comment saying she's got great legs. Let's keep it clean, guys. Okay, but I do have great legs. Well, you, oh, you, uh, you know, you and I are like a brother and sister. Yes. Uh, there's no, uh, would it be fair to say there's no sexual. I get it. You don't want to fuck me, Earl. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't fuck my sister, but like I shouldn't. And there's not really feelings there. But if I had to, I would. But like you and I yeah, are no. so. Uh, we're bros. Yeah, right. We're bros. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, she does have great legs. But keep it clean, guys. She's a comic. Keep let's, it clean. But let's, like, let's not completely stop complimenting women. Is that oh, a thing people aren't supposed to do? <sighs> Well, I think in the comedy world, you know, Scott Bayo today, more breaking news. I mean, <laughs> is an idiot. Isn't he like a crazed Republican that is like, not that there's anything wrong with, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, did he hit his wife? What did he do? Tell me. Does he uh, have a wife? Nicole Eggert uh, is accusing him of sexual, um, I guess, assault, harass, slash harassment on the set of Charles in Charge. Oh my God. But it's like, come on, you were on that show. You deserve everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the show was terrible. You should have all been sexually assaulted. Right. I mean, I'm kidding. Please don't come for me, internet. Um, wow. Chachi had to sexually harass someone. What a sad day in his life. Or well, it's, like, it's like everyone's going down. Well, yeah. And wait till it hits the open mic world. Oh, oh there are some nervous people. Yeah, no, I mean, there's got to be people who are just so many people that are just shaking their boots. Over even just things that they're like, well, I, I don't think I assaulted her, but what if she was uncomfortable? And like, it's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I've even gone, okay, I mean. Did I cross a line and I didn't know? Well, because there's that gray area too that people are getting in trouble for where it's like, well, I didn't say no, but I realized I didn't want it later. And it's like, okay, I don't know. It's a whole fucking thing. Well, I'm very shy. So when I throw it out there and a girl says, no, I shut down. Do so. you throw it out there very directly? Are you like, should we have sex? And she's like, no. And you're like, right. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here in my leather pants. Yeah, I'm, pretty I'm gonna, much. I'm going to stand and stare at the wall for a few minutes. Pretend this never happened. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm shy person actually. So if I put the moves on a girl and they're not uh, into it, I, I shut down. Yeah, so. no, it's like, I'm so acutely aware of rejection. It's crazy to me that there can be situations where people, I guess like it's a situation because they couldn't read a room. And I'm like, if I even get a hint that a guy's not super into it, I'm like, ah, I uh, don't touch me. Yeah, but it's different for a girl. Oh, yeah. Cause how often are men? No guy's gonna not super go. into it. Jessica like, wanted to fuck me. Gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's true. Somebody might. No. Girls, I think, have idiot. Like, if you want to fuck anyone. Yeah, no, I just gonna... go, let's fuck. And then I get to fuck. What power? It, well, it's women, true. The fact that women don't run the world is, it's like, we've all been duped and men are like, oh no, the jig is up. <laughs> like, we're all, like, women are becoming acutely aware of their power. Like, I never leaned into my sexuality or... I'm not someone who like enjoys dressing up, but I've become acutely aware of like the difference of when I just do my hair or like make eye contact with a man. They'll be like, I don't, uh, money, have my money. Well, I saw you. I think I brought you on stage. Was it New Year's? New Year's. And you were wearing this dress and like, like it was like, I mean, it was like, you're hot, but oh, I like thanks. never. Well, I don't think people see me as hot because I don't make, because like hot is a commitment. And I think most women can be hot if they have fucking two hours a day or whatever and put in like gym work or whatever. But I'm kind of just like jeans and t-shirt 
But then you, when you take time to like make yourself up and realize you're attractive enough that you're like, I could take advantage of men if I was just constantly in these rompers or whatever the fuck. If I just covered myself in glitter and makeup, I could really ruin some lives. But by the way, this is the most uh, crowded Facebook Live has ever been for inappropriate. Or we have the great Josh Adam Myers checking Josh in. Adam Myers, Josh. Yeah, Josh Adam Myers. I wish I could do impressions. We all know I can't. Truly one of the good dudes. He's a great dude. In uh, comedy. He's like the, one of those people who whose name when it comes up, it's just, and I'm not saying this because he's watching, but uh, he's just someone you, no one ever has, neg- it's just like, Josh, he's a good dude. That is what people say. Like it's the idea of him brings joy to my heart. Never heard a bad word about him or you, which is why I wanted you on the podcast to find out what I do. That's wrong. Right. You've, Wait, got you've a- never heard anything bad about me. I'm saying that as if I think I've secretly done bad things. No, I, I mean, you're like, uh, lame. <laughs> everyone loves you. Uh, you you know, you, uh, I think you have any enemies that I know of. I don't think I do. And if I, if I did, I, I hope that they would just tell me and I could be like, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings or something. I'm the same way. I feel like I don't want enemies. I don't try to hurt people. Well, you know, in our business, that's not often the case in LA comedy. Yeah. I guess people are like climby and salty and they're just like, they'll just use you for what they need you for and then move on. Especially at the store since it's such a hot club. Yeah. People are just, yeah. What's funny. Cause I can tell, you know, with comedy, your things are always like fluctuating. There's moments where you're like, you feel like you're on fire and things are really starting to roll and then it's kind of just slows down. But I can tell when I have heat based on specifically on how some people interact with me yeah. where I'm like, Oh, I must be doing well. Cause you're making eye contact with me, right. you know what they call palming. And yes, uh, that's I yeah. love that. I learned that from you. Well, you know, I just, you know, and Carlos Herrera, yeah, Carlos Herrera, who I wish Rest did not in peace. I'm kidding. Quit. He's not dead, but I miss him in comedy. He's, he's so funny. He's, fucking incredible but you gotta want to like i don't think he wanted to the lifestyle uh, it's tough it's not for everybody yeah because it's like it's one thing to be funny it's one thing to be a great writer investing the time you need to like make it and develop as a comedian it's not for everybody and i definitely see why there's more men in it because at least at least in the beginning stages it's kind of a gross lifestyle if you're like getting on the road and shit and women don't feel safe well, I've lost every girlfriend I've had to this uh, business. Yeah, that's the other thing too is that I'm never gonna choose like I'm never gonna choose someone over comedy, and then and that's partly the reason I end up dating comics because it's like, in theory, I would like to date someone who's not intertwined in the same thing as me. But in reality, like if I take a night off to get to know you and you're fucking garbage, I'm gonna be so pissed that like I could be, like I would rather be at an open mic bombing than be on a bad date not at the open mic or. I mean, I say that I haven't been to open mics in a while and it's not good. Uh, I should work harder. Uh, I mean, I do shows. It's fine. Oh God, I'm panicking. Um, Don't worry. There's uh, a lot of people in chat loving this. Oh no. Uh, Well, you know, you have to do, you can't uh, do new material at the comedy store anymore. It's It's, the pressure's too like, well, because the shows are always packed and it's like, even if like, even the late nights where, you know, the crowd, starts to break up and like the environment from I think the end of this like the store and like Adam etc would be totally fine with you doing yeah it's a workout room that's what it's meant for for comics but when it's like fucking Spade Rogan and then like all these people and then it gets to me it's like I don't want to be the one that fucking kills the vibe by being like let me do this weird 
thing that I don't know if it'll work if the crowd's still in it. I want to like ride the energy. I don't want to bomb for the next comedian either. Yeah, I mean, my, like, I don't want to be what halts the show. Because I, when I'm bringing you up or, or Jack Knight, my goal is to not walk anyone for you guys. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like tough. it's hard. What's well, and it's just the time of night. You know what I mean? But it's like, especially because people who come for those bigger comedians don't know who we are. <laughs> to them, it's like. I mean, obviously we're not at the level of these huge comedians, but they're seeing you for the first time. And if you bomb that first time, they're, they're not going, this was a weird set for that person. They're going, that person's not funny. Why are they here? Well, yeah. I mean, there's some lineups that are so good. I'm like, I don't even know if I should be on this. Lineup. Like, I mean, should I like, uh, just call out? Yeah. Hey, Adam. Uh, <laughs> like, did, was sick. this a mistake? Yeah. It's crazy being like, oh, and also me. <laughs> Yeah, but it's made me a better comic. Like, it has. Oh, for sure. Even like, I don't even know how long I've been doing comedy. Close to 20 years. And I still feel like, fuck, I got to improve. Cause yeah, but, but you can always improve. But it's like, yeah, especially working out new shit. I want to go to other open mics. And I don't know. I'll go to, I went to Sal's Comedy Hole. I haven't been night. to Sal's Comedy Hole in years. It hasn't changed. Uh the other thing is I haven't been to open mics in so long that I tried to go to a couple recently and like it's tough. It's tough. And then everyone, Oh, this was weird. Is that I had that, that is when I became aware of like men being creepy is because these open, there were open mic comedians who it's like, I'm no one. So no one should know who I am, but they thought I was a new tick. Like they saw me and they're like, haven't seen her before. So they thought I was like new to comedy and like, hey, blah, blah. Like, I've been doing it for four months. You know where the good mics are? And I was like, oh, no, I don't. I don't need you to. So creepy. Be my friend. Because <laughs> they think you're right off the patch. Yeah. And they're like, I'll show you the way. And it's like, oh, thank God. You smelly. <laughs> gross. Or the good stuff. Pretty good. Uh, that was pretty funny. The stuff you're working on. I'm like, yeah. Thanks, guy that just bombed. I can't tell you how good it feels. I mean, like, oh, a man that like eats shit being like, you want some notes? It's like, no. Isn't that crazy when someone bombs and then they try and give you a tag? It's like, yeah. uh, I've had someone follow me bomb on a show and we were like riding together because it was a couple hours away and they're like, do you want some notes on your set? And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Notes. No, no. You're past at the store. Yeah. Not that that's the end all be all. No, of, but it's of, like, I can figure out where I went wrong. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if, and it had been a good set and it's just like, you know, like if I wasn't good at giving myself notes and going and correcting, I don't think I still have so far to go. And by me, I'm by no means am anywhere, but like I wouldn't have gotten a, the little bit that I've gotten if I was just blindly not learning from my own mistakes. Right. No, I mean, there's, uh, that's always blown me away when someone's ate a shit burger <laughs> in front of you or after you because they couldn't follow you. They couldn't and then, follow you. And then the audacity to be like, I have some tags for you. Yeah. Keep them. Yeah. You know, you maybe use them for yourself. <laughs> yeah. God. Try that. Take it in the ass line and you're set. Yeah. I, I just because I've already done so many of those. So. What got you? Well, I have a whole, uh, you know, TV set about anal, but uh, God, I had a, I had a whole anal chunk. Do you really call it? Yeah. Well, not anymore. I mean, not anymore. It still exists, but like I did it on my album and I kind of haven't. Where can people get your album? Oh, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can find music. You can find my album. It's called Please Don't Leave Me with periods between each word. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a good, a good 
I think I did okay. It's a good intro, uh, introductory to, to your comedy. Yeah, although it's, I think I, and maybe this is just me wanting to believe I'm growing more than I am, but I think I'm transitioning, not intentionally, but just through the course of growing comedy into like a different territory of stuff. But that's kind of why I put it out. Cause I was like, well, I want, hopefully I'll keep growing in 10 years from now. People will listen to this album and be like, holy shit. Have you heard her first album? It's completely different or whatever, but maybe I'll just always talk about my asshole. Who knows? I mean, there's that. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, what got you into comedy? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I grew up, uh, neglected. <laughs> And I just was always, by your parents. Yeah, I was like the funny kid in class. I was weird and got made fun of in middle school. And then at some point it switched from me being weird to people thinking it was really funny. And then I became like class clown. I just liked making people laugh. I've always loved making people laugh. It was the only way I could feel like I was bringing anyone joy. Like in my house, it was either you were being ignored, you were being abused, or like maybe you could make someone laugh. And it was a moment of like <sighs> relief. I think uh, we're related. Probably. So you were bullied in school? Yeah, in middle school. Well, I was uh, like, I was weird, uh, but I was also poor. And I went to like a school that was mostly rich kids because of zoning and kids are mean and materialistic. So I was like the weird poor girl and I probably smelled poor. I don't even know what that means, but I probably still smell poor. Like, I feel like it's just that musk, you know, where it's just like, you probably have a mom that hoards or something. Um, <laughs> Whereas like you smell like cat pee and you're like, well, I don't even own a cat. So it's probably my own pee. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got, I would get made fun of. I had male bullies and um, they were just relentless. Like, well, I mean like, cause you're smaller in stature. Was yeah, it like, well, I'm just like I wore like hand me down clothes and people just, that was like enough to make fun of someone like, Oh, where'd you get your shoes at thrift store? And like me now is like, yeah, yeah, I fucking bought them at a thrift store. Who cares? But then it's like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I don't have a North face. And like, I can't afford Uggs. My life is hell. Um, but then I think halfway through high school, I, ha I had this like one bully, this dude who would just always make fun of me when he'd see me in the hallway and all his like jockey friends would be like, ha 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 ha. And then instead of just for a long time, I just keep my head down and be like, ignore it. And then I just started saying things back to him, just like comebacks, but they were funny. Cause I am funny, I guess. And then all of a sudden those guys became my friends. Cause they're like, holy shit. She's so much better at this than we are. <laughs> Sounds like roast battle. Yeah. Well, I like roast battle. I've done like roasts before, you know, roasts of like no one, but I never got into roast battle because I, I've written for some people, but two reasons I have hit a point where there's a point early in comedy where like I had no problem being mean. And now I've hit a point where just who I am from a humanitarian standpoint, like I don't like to just be like, I don't like feeling like I'm hurting another person's feelings with my comedy, which is weird to say. I'm the same way. Um, and also I think, I think I'm so, cause so much of my comedy is self deprecating and it's right. about like what's fucked up about me. And I think I'm really self-aware of my flaws, but I feel like if I were to do roast battle and someone pointed something out that I didn't know was a flaw and the whole room was like, ah, ha, 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 that's true. And it's funny. And she is terrible at that. I think I might just start crying. I'd be like, it'd just be the straw that broke the camel's back. I'd be like, another thing. And there's another thing. Ugh. But she'd be good at it. Cause you uh, like, 
you own your, I'm not saying you have faults, but like well, you I own mean, whatever they're going to go after. Yeah. It's like, I'm aware of it. I probably already have made a better joke about it. Uh, maybe not. That's fucking, there's great writers in roast battle, but I've almost done it a few times and then not. And then I was going to do it with someone. And then I broke up with a guy who is very roast battle heavy. And I was like, if I fucking never see him again, I'll be fine. So I just was like, I don't even want to run into him because he makes me want to fucking barf. Um, wow. We really are similar. <laughs> I was like, and it's like, who cares? I hope he does well at whatever he does. Fucking good for him. But I am emotionally upset by his existence because I cared about him. So I'm like, why would I put myself in a position where I'm going to have to like, deal with possibly feeling those things. Damn. We were like the same. <laughs> we were like, I don't hate you, but like, I don't want to see you because it hurts me. <laughs> Damn, I'm, <laughs> I'm welling up right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I get it. Cause you know, it's, it's, uh, well, emotions are hard and emotions are hard in general. And then I think comedians were all super sensitive people. Well, but, and it's also, you know, when you date comics, you know, uh, I guess inevitably uh, it might come to an end at some point. As relationships so often do. I mean, I guess it's going to happen. Then you have to see them. Yeah. And you're like, who you can like, I think you'll be okay. And eventually maybe you will be okay. I have exes I see and I'm fine with. Um, I think one I've, I've dated a handful of comedians. I would say one of them I'm actually friends with. I think I can guess which one. No, you can't. Well, you don't know him. You're oh, like, I see that you're doing with your hands and it's uh, not Brenton. We're friendly. No, no, no. Brenton and I get along, but like I have one ex, uh, Danny, who like will like occasionally grab coffee and I could like if I wanted to talk to him about like my life or be like, I'm having an issue with this or I'll sometimes like run lines with him and he has a girlfriend. I'm like, oh my God, how is she? I'm happy for you. Whatever. Like we're legitimately friends. And then you have people where you're like, oh, I see you. And it makes me want to punch a wall and punch you. And I hate you, but I don't hate you, but it hurts my heart. And I don't want to look at you because well, because are you reading my mind right now? Yeah, Well, because it's like you open yourself up to someone and that what makes it so great. What makes like genuine love so great is also the thing that makes it so painful when it ends because it's like you literally opened your heart to someone. And then it didn't work. I mean, there, there's a reason like you have physical symptoms when you get your heart broken is your body. It's like, I think I, I read this somewhere and I don't remember where, but it's, it's literally like if you stub your toe, that feeling of like, ah, it's your body being like, don't do this. Don't do this again. It's your body sending a message to your brain. Like this thing hurts you, but we keep doing it or we don't. I don't know. I've shut down. I have no clue. No, I mean, they say uh, when you break up with someone and you're like having a hard, hard time, that it's the same withdrawal symptoms of heroin. Yeah. Well, because love, oh, love is the hardest drug because also because no one respects it as a drug, but it's like, okay, love is the only thing I've ever sucked a dick for. So I don't know. That's where we differ. <laughs> well, it's like, I'm not going to suck your dick for pot, pot. Why did I say pot? I, mean, I don't do heroin. I don't fucking, but like people are like, I suck a dick for crack. It's like, well, I would do that for love, but also I think I'd suck a dick because I want to suck a dick depending on who it's attached to. For my own pleasure, not for any other reason. There's a fly. It just spiked. Viewership is tripling right now. Uh, I mean, it's so weird, but I also have had this social thing of thinking, and, and I think this is a society thing where society tells women they're sluts if they like own their sexuality. And I'm pretty sexual, but I think there have been times I've convinced myself to like someone because I wanted to fuck them. Right, there's nothing wrong with just fucking. Yeah, well, and it's also, 
but I'm also broken in another way where like something, I don't know who molested me, but for sure, based on everything I'm re- I've read, I'm like, I must've been fingered by like a gym teacher or an uncle or something. But I equate sex and love in a weird way where there's people I've had sex with that I don't think I was sexually attracted to, but I like cared about them. And I was like, how do I show that? Sex. I'll set, I'll, we'll have sex and that's fine. And that's a weird thing, but I've just hit an age where I'm like, just within the last few weeks, I feel like I've hit a point where I would be okay going. I just want to fuck you and not feel ashamed of that. Right. Which is kind of weird. Well, it's so, uh, in our world, uh, especially at the store, I find Ugh, what a mess. It's so uh, alpha male, like uh, if, if Jessica's fucking, uh, you know, comic A, then maybe I can fuck her. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's the weirdest mindset. Like, I think that's just like humans at an animalistic level, too, though. Right. And the store is like a human zoo. It really is. It's like a. But it's the best. I'm not. I love this. It's store. the greatest place on earth, but there's so. Uh, like I've had uh, with the last few girlfriends, well, if they're fucking Earl, they'll fuck me. And it's like, uh, not really. No. Well, that's another thing too, is that because I've dated a decent amount of comics, I've hooked up with a decent amount of comics. That doesn't mean I want to fuck every comic. Right. But people do, you do run into that thing of like, oh, you think because I fucked that person, I would fuck you. And that's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Cause I wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole. And you can't like talk to another comic without everyone thinking you're fucking. I mean, the amount of times I've given people rides to their car or whatever, and people are like, "Oh, what's up with you?" and so and so, and it's like, "What? That is that?" I say would would think. I think that's harder than like doing comedy is the perception that people assume anytime you talk to someone that you're fucking them. Jessica and Earl were in the hallway talking. They must be fucking. Yeah. No. Well, and I'm so overtly sexual with my sense of humor and who I am that like I'll openly talk about sex shit. I, I it's like, I think I have a stereotypical like dude mentality about sex. But then if you talk about sex to a guy in the back of his head, he's like, is she, she's trying to fuck. And it's like, no, I'm just telling you about my flappy pussy lip that fell out of my shorts. It wasn't flappy. It was small, but sometimes when you're ovulating, they like extend and they try to escape. Um, it's like, they're trying to sneak out to like grab a dick and pull it in. But <laughs> I don't know because the- a guy a guys would be like oh my balls I fucked her and if I jump in on a conversation I'm like one time I was getting fucked people are like wait what are you Whore. if I bring up like a, if, if there's a circle of dudes telling like sex stories and I go here's my story in the back of their mind they're like does she want to fuck all of us is that what she's saying like does she wants to have a gangbang right now I can't tell and it's like no <laughs> yeah you're just like you're one of the guys yeah well that's how we in feel in that regard I do feel like I'm one of the guys, but then I think I feel so much like that because I think at a, a, a point in my life, I was so weird looking and not as feminine. I don't know. I feel like I wasn't. What do you mean you were weird looking? I mean, I feel like I don't think I'm attractive, but I think I'm more attractive now than I was in like high school. Well, that's everyone. Yeah. And I think at some point when I'm like, I, I'm one of the guys like, those guys would have looked at me and been like, yeah, no, you're definitely one of the guys. We do not have any interest in hooking up with you. But now I need to be more aware that I can go like, I'm one of the guys. It's like, yeah, but all of those guys still see you as a woman. And if you were like, want to put your dick in me, they'd be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And I have to be aware of like, it's sometimes I have to catch myself and be like, oh, I can't just, 
I mean, it's not my fault. If a guy wants to do that, people will be like, Oh, don't blame yourself. But it's like, yeah. Also, do you know how men work? You fucking, if you go around, you're like my pussy, my titties. And then you're like, I can't believe he's looking at my titties when you're like my titties. Like, what are you fucking? He's an animal with a man brain. Who's going to be like booby boobies boobs. Well, yeah, I mean, but uh, I respect your boobs. Wait, what were we saying? Like no means no, but like, uh, but like make, make sure you tell me no and maybe hit me with a newspaper. I can't stop like help. Well, let me get your take. Uh, like the whole Aziz and sorry thing to me, just from a guy's perspective, he's just bad with women. He's that, a person who never got to get with chicks, got famous. And now he doesn't know how to be with chicks. I didn't think that was fair. And I also think it was detrimental to the whole movement. Cause there are women legitimately getting assaulted. Oh, absolutely. Let's all think too, is it's such a spectrum. And I don't want to take away from the fact that that girl felt weird afterwards, but for her to go, Hey, I felt weird. And him to immediately apologize. It's like, what more do you want? I like, yes, we need to teach men to understand consent and that no means no. And that like read the fucking room, but also, and I mean, I think this starts with like new generations of children, but like teach your daughters that they don't fucking have to not say no. Cause they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Cause so many of the stories I'm hearing and, and, and not to take away from like what those girls went through. Cause I've been in situations where I'm like, I want to say no. And, and it's this gray area of like, well, I didn't want it, but I didn't say no. And it's not fair to me because I've been conditioned to just be a people pleaser. So I did it for whatever reason. And that a girl shouldn't have to feel that way. But also we need to teach girls that like, you don't have, you don't have to be a pleaser. You can just go, Hey, I don't want to fucking do this. Right. Like you can just in the middle of it, you can be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, yeah, it's a little awkward, but you're allowed to not want to do something anymore. And I think there's such this gray area now, which I'm hoping will eventually turn into us teaching younger girls to just say, to literally also say no. Cause it's, I mean, men are a huge problem and there are like sexual monsters out there. Oh, but I I want another part of what comes from this is to, for like, and women are speaking up and it's great, but I want it to go into like girls. Yeah. Like young girls will will be in the middle of hooking up. And then it's like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to have sex with this guy, but then they're like, I don't want him to feel bad. Cause we, as women, care so much about everyone's emotions that we don't want them to feel bad to the point that we're like, I guess I'll just let him have sex with me. Girls do that. I mean, I know girls who are like, well, I didn't want to have sex with him, but he bought me dinner. So I felt like I had to. And I was like, well, what? Where are they? Dude, I canceled on like going to hook up with a guy because my stomach hurt like on the way to (laughs) hook up with him. I was like, hey, I'm canceling. My bad. (laughs) Like, whatever. And what was his response? He's like, okay, I feel better. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure like it it was like, I'm sure feel better in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm horny. No, he's like, but at least he was nice enough to like pretend to not like take that out on me. Right. Cause like fuck a guy. If he like tries to make you feel bad about it, like what a piece of shit. Like it sucks for the guy, but you just fucking go jerk off in a bush or whatever, or in your home. I guess you don't need to go. I don't know why you have to go to a bush, whatever you're into. You know, I see that all the time out here. Oh, West Hollywood. There was two guys. Are they still doing the bush thing? Well, as you can tell, this podcast has no questions, so it just we just go off into the mountains. Yeah. Uh, there was two guys fucking on the stairwell the other night. Hot. And, you know, I'm walking Lois, and they wouldn't move. They wouldn't stop. I'm like, guys, I live here. They're like, uh, ugh. Yeah, can you just, like, step aside, please? I had to brush up against the top guy because he literally wouldn't move. Did you get move. a little bit of a boner? Were you like... Did I? Not really. I, no? I'm... uh not into that that's fine no it, listen when in rome and 
And this is fucking Rome. I'm Larrabee. I don't know why I just gave out my street. Uh, <laughs> you are in Rome. I mean, it's uh, I'm all People good. People are fucking sweet, beautiful boys all the time, just like Rome. I mean, but it's just like... Uh, it's, I get it, though. I wish there was a neighborhood I felt safe enough and comfortable that I could just get fucked on a stairwell. Yeah, I wish there was a straight neighborhood. Where, where people could, were just sexually open, but it would just be so... I mean, the litter in my neighborhood from not people fucking is. Disgusting. What area do you live in? Don't give out your street, but Highland you, Park. Okay, which is actually starting to clean up, but it's like I step over enough uh, Wiener Schnitzel bags. Now I'm gonna have to step over condoms or just like piles of cum. Like I don't know. I don't want to. It's like I don't want to step in cum. <laughs> That's why I wear uh, boots when I walk Lois at night. Yeah, it's for safety. It's You're high just wearing tide. flippers. <laughs> now. When you do the road, like at the store, you're you're known and you're pretty I'm like everyone's little sister at the store. Right. So you're somewhat safe. Yes. But you do uh, a fair amount of road gigs. I love the road. When you're not necessarily. Uh, you, I mean, do you feel safe on the road given this current climate of whatever? I mean, I think I'm a little naive, but. I've never felt that unsafe on the road. I've had like occasional creepers. Because you talk about sex a lot in your act. Yeah. And then so like I'll get people after the show being like, oh, yeah, I heard heard that stuff about you just sucking dicks like some drunk guy. But I think and I'm not I think I've been fortunate enough that in almost every situation they have a group of friends that's with them that they're and they're horribly embarrassed by him. They're like, come on drew or matt like just whatever white guy name is like come along and then like the worst thing that's happened has been uh someone just lingering a little too long it's like i'm not i'm not gonna leave here and fuck you like do you want to buy my album or not like leave me alone (laughs) um but there are things that i need that i am like hyper aware of where like i did this club in arkansas and i don't think it's even a club anymore but what was it we'll give him a plug what was the name the Grove Comedy Club. Okay. And it was inside a restaurant, whatever. So many comedy clubs. You forget when you live in LA and you have these freestanding clubs. Almost every comedy club everywhere else is in a strip mall. And I still forget that every time I pull up and I'm like, oh, it's in a strip mall. And it's like, yeah, they all are. Go to Flappers in Claremont. <laughs> right? Fla- and then, yeah, you want good strip mall comedy. That's where to go. Um, but it is like that because they also do the like classic headliner or whatever weekends. Um, oh, so the condo for this club the club owner very nice man he's got a wife kids just wealthy man who opened a restaurant decided to try to start a comedy club the condo is a tiny little like cabin in the woods looking thing across from his house so it's not really in the woods but it's you kind of go off into backwoods arkansas it's a whole neighborhood but it's (laughs) dark as fuck at night right Anyways, some man was like, oh, do they, he's talking to me after the show, some drunk guy. And he's like, oh, do they still have all the comics stay in the, that triangle cabin across from, I don't remember the owner's name now, which is so fucked up. He's like across from so-and-so's house. And the owner was like, yeah, that's where I, that's where they stay. And I was like, why would you, why would you say that? Like, why right. would you let this no man know where me, a small woman is staying? And that, that is stuff I'm aware of that I can't just go because people will go, oh, what ho- hotel are you staying at? And I don't think they're doing it at least 90% of them, I don't think are doing it to be like, what hotel are you at? They're just making conversation. Like, oh, where are you staying? Like, let me let you know about the city. At least that's what I tell myself. But I can't go, oh, I'm at the Holiday Inn. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, now you could follow me home or just show up and be like loitering in the lobby like a psychopath. But 
I don't know. I don't get that scared, which I think is more a reflection of me being naive about the world and being like, I'll be okay. Do you like doing comedy on the road versus comedy in LA, which is different crowds? It's different crowds. What I like about the road is that, and this is maybe something I put on myself in LA. I feel this underlying pressure to always do like a showcase set because there's this mentality of like, you don't know who's watching. It was true. Though. Well, yeah, because I've worked out stuff at shows in LA and then found out there were people there. And I'm like, now that the, you know, like fucking agents or whatever. I'm like, Oh no, they think that's what my comedy is. What right. A nightmare. And so now I'm just like, let me do my showcase set. No, no one knows who's watching. So on the road, I do feel more comfortable trying new stuff. A, cause I'm not worried about the pressure of someone who could help me seeing me, but also you get to do longer sets. So there's time to like get them on board with you. You do stuff that works up top and then they're into you and you can kind of get away with like, let me try something new because there are they already feel like they like you. Right. Which, so if you're doing something, not that you need someone to like you to be funny, but if you're doing something a little like off color or like here's something that might be offensive, let me see if right. I can make it work with you. It's a little more helpful. I mean, there are places on the road where I'm like, oh, you're not going to want to hear any of my intellectual, like you don't want to hear me do my 15 minutes on depression you're like more butt stuff but i don't think i think the idea people have of the road is that it's just a bunch of hick idiots and it's like no you can actually like there are smart people everywhere you go you just even in arkansas yeah and uh it's you just have to be willing to commit to who you are and and like the right people will find you but there are certain places in the country where like uh, i don't know where but where trump is popular yeah Uh, so where it's like uh, if you tried to do like anti-trump jokes right it would you to eat shit or i know in like utah there it's a heavy mormon population yeah. although you know what the shows i've done in utah i've always done independent like venues there i've never done wise guys or whatever some of like my dirty stuff works so well there and part of me is like is it because they're repressed and they don't talk about this or or because i'm so different than like what a mormon is that it's humorous to them because i was surprised because you have I'm, maybe that's just my ignorance about mormonism but i thought it would be like <gasps> you know if i if i talk about like i sucked a dick i thought they'd be like oh my god well at least she's not giving away her virginity or whatever but fucking drinking sex they love it and it's like are you laughing because this is foreign to you or are you laughing because you all secretly do this and nobody talks about it even more because you never know it's like think- who's not fucking for real everyone's fucking yeah they have so many kids they're fucking There's six billion people in this world i know and we just all keep fucking and my god some people keep making more people and some of those people should learn to pull out yeah i mean like it's not that hard and i know that's not fair for me to say i don't have a dick i've never felt what it's like for to have a penis and be about to come but like it's based not that on the hard. amount of idiots i've fucked that could pull out <laughs> it shouldn't be that difficult well you know you as a, I don't know what it's like when a girl, what I mean, I don't know the fe- I don't know what you feel when you're about to orgasm, but you know, you know when a guy it's coming, you know, there's just a feeling that you get. Oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you it's about yeah, you know, maybe twenty you, seconds before you're like, you're like here okay, she comes. There's like a it's like a gate opening. Yeah. And so you just know that uh, five seconds after you get that feeling might be a good time to pull out. I This is so funny because if you ever had kids, this would be the exact sex talk you'd give your son. 
Well, Here's I what you need to do, son. Uh, well, I Condor never had it for the birds. Let me tell you about this. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm clean. I, yeah, I'm no. 100%. Wrap it up, ladies. Uh, Men. Well, let's, I mean, get tested, whatever. Yeah, Stay get clean. tested, uh, you know, but I never had a sex talk with my parents. Oh, mine either. I had to bring home. I lived in Alaska and their sex education program is very much abstinence only. Like, they do it like fear based. They show you pictures of like dicks covered in spots or whatever. And they're like, if you have sex, you'll get gonorrhea. Ah, but they made us send home a survey for our parents. And I think the idea was to like put the responsibility on our parents to be like, don't have sex until marriage. And it's like a questionnaire that we had to bring back in. And one of the questions was, um, do you believe it's okay to have sex before marriage? And my mom wrote, I wouldn't even buy a pair of jeans without trying them on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was like, all right, mom. You're a hoe. What, at what age did you, if you don't mind me asking? Was my virginity? 17, prom night, so hacky. It's all good. To a man with a giant penis. And I was, he was my boyfriend. I adored him. <laughs> but my threshold, not my threshold. He definitely, I just definitely sat on the top of his dick like Cindy Lou Who. Like the, the snowflake that falls on Horton's nose, where it's just like a tiny like ring. And I'm like, we're doing it. But... The, my idea for what a big dick was was so skewed because I saw his and I saw porn. And so when guys would be like, I have a pretty big dick and they'd whip it out, I'd be like, Pfft. yeah, right. As if I could handle a big, I don't need a big dick. I'm a very small person. But he just had this fucking donkey dick. He was like half Guatemalan and just was slinging a fucking bazooka. <laughs> we had no business being together. Uh, How long did you guys uh, last? seven months and that was like it's a long time school into college but he's like i like i could barely get my dick around my dick your dick oh breaking news i could barely get my mouth around his dick which i'm sure um any man loves they're like ooh, but it was just a whole thing oh maybe not i don't know well i mean you want the like your ego it's nice but then after a while you're like fucking suck my dick no one no one says that people probably do say that but like Open micers would say that. I or it's think it's just like if I gave him head, it would just be me playing with the tip of his dick and then being like, nah, which I think is how I learned the hand thing without reading Cosmopolitan. Every girl knows that. Every Cosmopolitan's like, use your hands when you blow them. And I'm like, this is necessity. Like, I can't. I was just trying to make up for my lack of my mouth being able to go down by being like, pretend this is a mouth. I've said too much. No, no, keep going. The the uh, hi kids. The viewership is really reaching peak numbers. I might have to have you back every week. I will come back anytime. Well, you're one of the good peeps. Uh, we're gonna cut the Facebook live now. You you got to pay for the rest. Yeah, you got to tune into inappropriate Earl podcast and listen on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, and iTunes. But for the Facebookers. Where can people find you on like social media? At JMS Comedy. So Facebook.com slash JMS Comedy is my page or Instagram and Twitter at JMS Comedy. And check right. out my, my podcast, Ignorance is Blessed. All right, guys. Uh, this concludes the Facebook Live portion. So you got to listen to the rest. And uh, here's a little MSNBC. Tom Brokaw looking good. Oh, my God. He's so old. I love you guys all. I got to put the mic down for a second. So, uh, I'll take over. Yeah, take over. I'm uh, taking over. Just say anything. Say anything. Um, you guys, wow, boy, am I bad at being left alone. <laughs> Facebook Live, uh, is over. We're back live with the great Jessica Michelle Singleton, right one of my here. favorite people. Oh, 
thank you. You're one of my favorite people. I try. You know, I don't have any enemies in comedy, I don't think. I don't think so either. Well, I don't know. Do we? I don't know. If well, I have someone who really doesn't like me, I don't know. And I have no idea why. Uh, you know, I've tried to live life in the comedy world by uh, just being good to people. Yeah. Which isn't that hard to do. <laughs> I mean, it takes more energy to be a dick or a cunt. Pardon my language. If you're a woman. If you're a cunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it yeah, just, just takes more energy. Well, and it, it really, at the end of the day, not to sound like a fucking inspirational meme, but it exhausts you. It brings you down more than whoever you hate. If you're expending all that energy being like, fuck this person, fuck that person. It's like, just write and get up and like, be a human. You're like, don't, why are you wasting energy and time hating someone? Who cares? I've been guilty of that. I mean, we all past. have moments of but being it, human. You At know? the time, though, it was right for how I felt. Well, now. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's also okay to go like, okay, I reacted to something and I was emotional, rightfully so, and then move on. Like, you don't also like you can be mad and hate someone briefly. And you don't have to like feel that way forever. <laughs> it's tough, though. Uh, you know, I've had a few circumstances uh, in the comedy world. Drama. Where- but it's a, you try and be a good person, but then you see them and you just get those feelings all over again. And you're like, yeah, fuck. And you're, uh, fuck you. Then you remember what they did. Like, yeah. So uh, it's know. hard. Letting go is such an art form in itself and it will never get the respect it deserves. People who are, I think I'm pretty good at letting go of things, but I get, I get when people it's hard. I had to start going on YouTube and watching videos about letting go. I listen to guided meditations at night. I do too. I, uh, I like heal me. I don't want Cause it's like, I don't want to hold on to negative feelings. Some people enjoy that. Some people like identify with their anger and they feel more alive when they're hating someone. And it's like, I don't, I'm not that person. I don't like those feelings. I don't like when I don't like somebody, but sometimes, you know, someone pisses you off. Yeah. I mean, it, I think for some people it gives them an edge. Yeah. They're like, ooh, this, like, some people enjoy not being liked or like having a, a thing, like a feud in their mind. And it's like, we're all going to die. Like, why are, this is what you're going to spend time on? Well, it's also, uh, I think those people don't realize in this business, you have to be liked. People want to work with people that are, that's like- half the battle. It's like, you can get so far being funny and a piece of shit, but eventually people are going to be like, I don't want to be around you. Yeah, like if you go on the road with a headliner or you you get on a TV show, you're not necessarily the most talented person they could find, but it's like, hey. Uh, Sometimes they just enjoy you and that yeah, helps you. You know, That's uh, so much. When your peers start getting their own things and can make decisions, people are going on the road with, they're casting people they enjoy being around. Like I would say that 99% of the time takes precedence over how funny you are. Obviously, yeah. like you have to be funny. You have to be able to bring something to the table, but... People think of the people they like first. Yeah, like if I was casting, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever, I you'd be the first girl Animal I would call. Animal too. Oh, if you were casting a thing, you mean? Because I know, even though oh, we've thanks. never really worked with each other outside the comedy store, like I know you would be cool, like someone like Annabelle. Yes. Uh, oh, fuck, I love Annabelle. A shout out. Because I know you're friends with Annabelle. Anyone that's friends with her is cool. Uh, Annabelle is the fucking best. She's so funny. She's a great person. I wish she did more stand up. I wish she won't do it anymore. She's like, 
she did it briefly and she's like, I got that experience. And it took me a long time actually to accept that she didn't want to do it. Cause I would get like mad. I'd be like, you know, like I wouldn't like yell at her, but I'd be like, why don't you get up more? And because I love it so much. And it's like, also you hear people going like, the women aren't funny. And then, so when you see a woman and which is not true at all, but when you see a woman who's so funny and also breaks the mold by being like pretty, cause of course, beautiful women can also be smart and funny, but there is that stereotype of like, oh, if you're pretty, you're dumb or like the funny women are all ugly or all right. fat. And it's like, you're so unique to what people think is a thing. Put yourself out there. But fucking, she started her podcast. She found her outlet, which is oh my god, she's killing uh, the kittens. It's, yes, it's perfect. I love them. I get I get crossover kittens on my podcast, and like they're just it's great. And she's able to just a hundred percent be herself, which is what everyone loves about her. It's great. God, I love her. I, I could mean, do a whole podcast just talking about Annabelle. I really, I mean, we did a pilot about. Uh, she was the host of uh, this paranormal show. Oh my god! And. I thought, you know, I'd never really worked with her. So I was like, I don't know how good this is going to be. Like, she blew me away with her talent. Oh, like, yeah. Because I was just a sidekick. You well, know? that's the thing. When you look at Annabelle, too, you go and and Annabelle wants it to be that way. I think like Annabelle wants to be seen as like a hot, hot chick. The very first time I met her, I remember seeing her and we've talked about this. So it's not I'm not saying anything like I remember being like, oh, OK, you want to do comedy? Right. Here we go. Like, because you think she's going to be like, um, hi, I'm like you think that someone that hot, you're going to be like, Oh, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. And then she's so fucking sharp and so much smarter than everyone else in the room. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I mean, it's like her, uh, Whitney rice. Whitney's great. Uh, you know, you these s- women who stopped doing stand up. I, they're like, uh, your version of like Carlos is to me. Like you can't force yeah. your love of stand up or, or anything well, on yeah. someone else. It's like, it's, I mean, I think that also comes down to the lifestyle. It's just not for everyone. Like I love stand up. It took me a long time to realize that even my friends who aren't doing any type of entertainment, like that are just moms and they like work in real estate. It took me a long time to realize it's like, Oh, that they are living their dream. Not they gave up and don't right. aren't pursuing their dreams. I'm like, Oh, you just didn't want what I want. And that's okay. But since that's so foreign to me, I was always like, Oh, how sad you're just like having kids. And it's like, Oh no, that that's what they wanted. Yeah. Not everyone wants to be a fucking dirty stand-up comedian who's like my art or whatever. That's my a butthole. brutal lifestyle. Like, it is. When like, it's so especially if you get really attached to like specific goals, I think it can be it can be sad or like cuz there's so much uh, rejection and like, uh, and so much is unpredictable and it doesn't have and a lot of it has nothing to do with who's the most talented. <sighs> Shows and stuff sometimes it's just like who fits this outline of the kind of thing we want and like sometimes being funny and like there's some people who haven't made it and to me they haven't really popped and they're brilliant and it's because they're so multi-dimensional i think a lot of what the industry does they it's easier for network industry people if they can put you in a box right and they go like you're the this this girl and you you do this but if you have more than one thing you're like ah like if they can't brand you they're like i don't know what to do with you <laughs> i mean that's what is so amazing to be i guess you and i are part of the late night comic crew yeah. at the store and you see some of the comics who go on like brian holtzman to me is f- oh my god i was is, just talking about him last night with someone 
Fucking incredible. I, I, Unreal. It's it's almost discouraging to me to go, if this guy's not famous, I ain't going to be famous. Yeah, you're like, oh, you didn't make it? If you haven't made it. Like, Isn't that crazy? Like, And not who's to say he hasn't made it? I don't know what making well, yeah, it see, is. Because it's your own perception. And if you... And I think so many people don't put a goal in like what making it is. And then they always feel like they're struggling or like, like I look at Jamar and I'm like, how are you not a household name? And like, it's just crazy. But also I think a lot of people in the industry, like comics in it, but also especially people who just are regular consumers of entertainment don't realize how much they're being told who to like. Right. And the industry really is. It's not always about who's the funniest. It's, and not to say people there, there are plenty of people making it who are also very funny, but it is this sort of, to me, I've realized it's this random, like magic wand of like, we're going to lift this person up and try to put them in everything and see how it's received. And you're like, good luck up there. And fucking, I like, you look at like, they blew up Amy Schumer and people are like Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. And it's like, yeah, of course. But like you were told to like Amy Schumer. Like yeah. People were like, here's the one female comedian you should watch. Let's give her a show. Let's put her in movies. And regular consumers don't know. They think that that when you see someone getting all that thing, they're like, this must be the funniest person. That's why they're getting it. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Oh, I would love to book a late night talk show, the comedy portion. And I would have people like you, Holtzman. I want a late night show. I wouldn't want to host it, but like a late night show on a network where like if HBO or Showtime had a late night where you didn't have to fucking censor yourself for a late night set. Right. Yeah, I would book all the, the like late night store mm. people. And Jason like, Galern. Ugh. Uh, like that's, he's another one. Uh, where it's like, fuck man. Yeah, fuck. You're so funny. I don't write like, jokes like that. Like just, you're great. Like, but I mean, like yeah, Holtz, it's just like, a, if you guys are ever in LA, I beg of you. We both beg of you. You too. have to see Brian. It's like, an experience. He does like his weather girl bit. Uh, like I could hear it a thousand times and it just, it just, just talks about how they're all whores. And, <laughs> like, do you really need to, I don't want to do the bit. Cause, yeah. But you know, it's like, it's, it's like, so, he's fucking incredible. And like, he's got a new joke about, you know, transgender people that, that's like, what's next? <laughs> you know, it's so fucking funny. And like, and he just does not give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's like you will have a good set in front of them, and like we'll be like, not necessarily okay. Follow that, Brian, or whatever. But then five minutes into his set, you're like, I bombed. Yeah, no, there's been times <laughs> I brought him up. And I feel like that was good, and then I watch him, and I'm like, I, why do I do this? Yeah, no, it, it was like, like I feel like because I'll bring him on stage, he's like, good job, and I feel like I watch him, and I'm like, that's the equivalent. I, he might as well have pat me on the head and been like, hang in there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look at you, you got up there. Oh, I, I, we had a gig the other night at a pizza parlor. Oh, my God. He was at a pizza parlor? Or an Italian restaurant. It was a little more than a pizza parlor. Bottle uh, of red. And I bombed, like, <laughs> silence for 12 minutes. I mean, silence. And I Fuck. thought, that's the crowd. It's tough, tough room. That hurts. Everyone was kind of bombing. And then he got up there and killed for 40 minutes. Like, it's I mean, killed. <laughs> it's the worst when you're like, it's just a tough crowd. And then someone gets up and destroys. And you're like. Uh, I'm just not as good as I need to be or whatever. Yeah. Like their cup of tea. Fuck. For 40 minutes. I would love to watch him do a 40 minute set. Oh, I mean, what does I do. That's such a weird thing. But like, I think at one how point, does he, survive? he was a <laughs> meter uh, 
ticket you, guy in Hermosa imagine? Beach. Oh my god, that would be so terrifying. Imagine trying to talk your way out of a ticket. Hey, shut him. the fuck up, bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were late, bitch. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, that's. I would love to like if Netflix or Comedy Central put me in charge, like on At Midnight, which is no longer with us. I would love, R. yeah, R.I.P. Uh, I would love to have booked At Midnight for a month and just have like. Not to say that people who were on there weren't good, but like, yeah, there's a couple times I, I was like, Jesus Christ, I did a show with this person, and uh, ooh, it was tough. Yeah, uh, and it goes into what you just said about they're telling you who's funny. Yeah, it's like, well, put, I don't know. Well, uh, and it's like not to, and it, not to take anything away from the people who are getting put in those positions, but it's also, I think sometimes they do it, they try to shove someone into so many things where it's like a disservice to that person. Cause it's like, well, let them grow a little, like give them a room to breathe. Right. I don't know. Like I don't hate on Amy Schumer. Like, no, but I do think they almost like pigeonhole her into this. Here's the kind of comedy people want to hear from you. And people like, don't want to hear anything else from her. Right. Yeah. Here's so a girl like, how much you can do who talks about her body, which I did like that. She like owned her like, Hey, I'm a little, Absolutely. there's the- nothing wrong with it. I just feel like it's almost people are like, want more of the same thing from her and it's like well i don't maybe she doesn't want to do the same thing or it's just like i'm tired of that or because i remember she tried to get like political and people were like but also just get that level of fame you're getting crucified like god bless whatever woman they arbitrarily lift up next because like that's fucking terrifying i have no interest in fame that seems horrifying to me i mean i only want it because it'll get me better spots i mean no the the only reason like i make no effort with like TV shit. And the only reason I'm like trying to be more diligent about like, okay, let me get like a late night set to submit on tape or like, let me try to fucking care about selling a show is so I can do stand up more easily and book better spots. I mean, we're the opposite. I think most people want you're to, using stand up to like achieve to get on something bigger uh, to be a movie. Star Ray Donovan yeah. or whatever. And it's like, no, I want to just be able to do stand up. I would like my ultimate goal is to be like, just successful enough that like I have my fans that like will come to shows. Right. But I don't like ever want to be someone who I, I just like fame grosses me out or like creeps me out. I think I'm scared of like, I don't know. Well, the people who suck up to famous people, it's emba- you feel embarrassed for them. Yeah, it's gross. And I also don't ever want to deal with not knowing if people are being nice to me just because they're nice or because they think I can, you know, that would bum me out a lot. Yeah, especially as a, not even as a woman, but like as someone who aspires to maybe eventually like be in a long-term loving relationship. I don't even know if that's true anymore. Right now, I'm just it like, is. I want to fucking be left alone. But like the idea of getting super successful and not having that and never knowing if someone really loves you is like so ser- like sad and scary to me. Well, I've seen it with like super successful, the few super successful people I know. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't really get into good relationships because like they're so like because how do you know if someone's not just trying to use you or what, like be be seen with you for their ego you know yeah like you know and it's kind of it bums me out because like oh they're really cool but like, like, you should be able to find someone who's like loving but also also other people just get weird around famous people like without intending to yeah i mean they I, start acting they like people will talk about oh so-and-so got famous and they start getting different it's like from my experience observing, it's like, no, everyone started acting different around them and they're the same person, but you're like, oh, you're on a TV show now. <laughs> but you know what I love though is those people 
like TV shows come and go, they get canceled or, you know, they run their course and then, you know, you're fucking doing whatever else you were doing before or the next thing. Now you're, uh, you're back at the comedy store and your show's not on the air. So your friends just suddenly took a drop. Oh yeah. It's like everyone's not suddenly desperately trying to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. Until the, till the next show comes out. Yeah. Which, you know, it may never, you could be on three TV shows. They could all be canceled tomorrow. You may never get on another show. You may never do anything again on television. It's possible. Yeah. Which is, I get, which is horrifying. But also, I guess why I'm grateful that that's not a goal of mine because it's so, at least with stand up, I'm like, well, at least I can always get up somewhere. Hopefully, (laughs) maybe not. But it's tough in the, in LA and I'm assuming New York's the same, although there's probably more venues uh, like LA. You pretty much have to be on the telly if you want. Even to get the spots we get. Yeah. Like, it's you, like regular. Like, yeah. We're very lucky. To oh, my in that God. Lineup because it's like us and then like stars. I mean, I'm like. I'm like so thankful. I I mean, uh, I, I, the, I I can't think, even put it into words. No, I think that is my one thing that keeps me from ever getting too. I don't get very like super depressed about my career. And I think now it's at a point because the fact that we're in at the comedy store is this little like emotional security blanket of like, okay, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing regardless of how it's going. Whereas like if I wanted to get like bummed out when it slows, like my career slows down a little at times I could, but I go like, I'm part of like, yeah, we're part of a club that's very exclusive. And and when you look at who else is in it, you're like, okay, I'm, it's like, this isn't a pipe dream. I'm not a crazy person being like, I could be a comedian. It's like, no, we're fully capable of being comedians for sure. Like we are comedians. I mean, to have your name on that wall and you know, there's a lot of names on the wall, but I always, you know, I think even when I bring you up sometimes or you bring me up or whatever, it's like, there's a lot of names that aren't on the wall too. Yes. (laughs) Which is like, I remind myself of that because it's like, even, you know, everyone's doing everything and especially living in LA, even not wanting the... I don't want to be a movie star or I don't want to like, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this. And like, as if people are just keep coming to me with these roles and I'm turning them down. I just don't care. So I've made no effort. And have you turned down things? Um, small, small TV things, uh, which is by the way, has been a weird experience in the last couple of years, uh, congratulating people on things I turned down, but never telling them I turned them down and being like, Oh, that's so exciting. But being like, I don't want to do that. Um, and and it's just, I get weird. I get in my head. I don't know if it's a, maybe one of those like self, what is that? Self destructive. Maybe I'm like subconsciously like preventing myself from moving along or, but I'm just like, ah, that's not for me. I don't want to be, if I don't, people don't know who I am. I don't want that to be my introduction to them, etc. Well, yeah, yeah. You didn't sell out. Like there's, you know, certain, uh, things that just you know might not be in your nature to do but someone yeah, else i'd have is, to be faking it and it's like why well, didn't get if i was going to be faking it i just work in the corporate world you're not that thirsty as they say yeah in the which who knows how long that'll last maybe i'll hit a point where i'm like anything please am i too old for the bachelor and they'll be like you were never eligible for the bachelor you look like a lawn gnome but i <laughs> i don't know i forgot what i was saying oh in la i it gets in my head a little that like Cause I have all the, you know, we have all these friends that are like fucking doing all these crazy cool things. And then I get in my head about thinking I need to want those things. Right. Like I don't fucking want to be, I don't, I don't even know. Like I don't care about anything but stand up. but people will be like, Oh, I'm auditioning and I'm doing this. I'm like, Oh, I should, yeah, I should 
I should write another pilot. I should, you know, like I, I get all like, oh, I should want more. I feel bad for not wanting the same things people want in LA. Cause there's, there's this grind where people are trying to like do everything. I'm like, what? no, I like doing my podcast. I like doing stand up. And like, that's enough for me for now. Like, and I'll write things to be creative as an outlet, but. Right. Well, I mean, I, I feel the same way. We but really I feel like everyone expects you to be spinning plates and talking yourself up. Like I'm just killing it out here. It's like, I don't, well, I think the ones who are actually killing it don't talk about yeah, it. No, they do. It's people who are constantly like, I'm crushing it. It's like, you are so sad and you're hanging on by a thread and I'm here oh, yeah. for you. Like, I'm ranked number seven in the roast battle rankings. Like, and you're just not, you are not going to make it in life. Like I'm worried. Like people who are like, just like, do you, can I hug you? Oh, well, some people, uh, like I've never heard Russell Peters brag once. No. Or, uh, I love Russell Peters. Oh, he's that's the benchmark for how everyone should act. Yeah. This is a guy who literally makes millions of dollars doing stand-up. And I've never once heard him say he's making millions of dollars. Yeah, he's so chill. And just like, uh, you know, like I, I don't think he would mind me saying this, but this just goes to, he doesn't have to help anyone. He needs no. nothing from nobody. And he still does. And like, he knows I'm a huge kiss fan and he just calls me up randomly a couple weeks ago. Say, Hey, I'm going to try and get you on the Gene Simmons roast. <gasps> and I'm like, but I'm, no one knows who I am. Oh my God. I mean, fuck yes. But I'm like, Is there if you can on that? Do... are you allowed to say, Oh no. I mean, uh, and, this you... a long time ago. no, no, it's a couple of weeks ago. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe even as long as a month ago, I, I think, uh, he, was asked to do it and he's you know his travel schedule is insane. insane so he's like i'm gonna try and get you to uh, not necessarily fill my spot because i'm sure they would want oh, i know they would a want someone name yeah. <laughs> yeah slightly like, to be i mean it would make sense for you to be on that day because like you are who i'm knows like the Kiss biggest, better than you that's nobody a good rose comedian literally nobody i mean i you know i, I don't uh, i would prefer uh roasting like gene simmons and preparing for another roast battle match because that's just not I roast myself, like like you said. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't like pointing out someone else's faults. Yeah, I prefer to yeah self roast. But it goes back to you know sometimes you're willing to be like, all right, well, uh, you know, especially in my case, I was a little older than you know uh, most people who'd never been on TV before. Like, all right, well, fuck. I, I guess I, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, that's the reason I like teetered with getting into it because so many people who are involved are like, you know, they like really want women and like there's so few and you're a good comedian. You'd probably like stand out. I bet you'd get on TV. And I was like, I should want to be on TV. And then I was dating someone who was like obsessed with wanting to be on TV. And so it made me like, I should want to be on TV. And I was like, oh, I don't. But I think people don't realize that like it you're you're seeing on that show, which is there's no one that roast battle has helped out more than me. I mean, yeah, literally, I'm the poster person. Do for, you feel like it pigeonholed you at all? Um, and people are like you're a roast comedian, and you're like, well, I also can do other things. To, yeah, to a degree. I mean, it's like, uh, hey, Earl, will you insult me? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, that's really not my sense of humor, other than when I kind of have like but for my job, like you know, and uh, I, but it doesn't. Uh, There's just no outlet is going to blow you up, right? Especially Everyone's now, like, and the, I mean, which is because there's so many outlets. What's funny to me is seeing someone get. You can really tell what kind of a person someone is based on when they get one TV credit. Because there are people who just really, they get one thing and they really think that they're like, have gone up a level. And they're and like, no, no. I was on TV and it's like, so, oh, okay. So is everyone up here? 
Yeah. I mean, Are you getting recognized part. in the streets from the two minutes you were on TV? Yeah. Your life has changed from the $400 you made or whatever. I don't know. But well, when I had a beard, people would come up to me congratulating me for winning roast battle. Oh my I'm God, because like, of Mike Lawrence. I'm not Mike Lawrence. <laughs> oh, I finished third. Oh, great. Good for you. And then they're like, I want nothing to do with you. You're not yeah, a winner. See you it, can't Jack. help me. But yeah, I mean, nothing. Uh, I see that so much that people, what? you know, how many times we know a lot of people who've gotten a late night spot on Various, insert this show. Yeah, it's and it's not like you blow up. It's, it's, I think everyone hopes that it'll be like, this is going to be the thing that makes it so much easier. And it's like <laughs> for a, <laughs> for a second. weeks. Yeah, max. Yeah, like you'll get a bunch of spots. And like if you have someone really pushing you, if you have good management and they're just like fucking on top of it, they can like grow that and getting other things. Maybe. Yeah. But, but then it's you can't. There's not. It's not like the 80s, 70s where it's like, oh, you did the Tonight Show. Now you're famous. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone hears that interview. I think it was David Brenner. Like I'm sure younger comics are like, who the fuck is that? But <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. He said uh, when he did the Tonight Show. Uh, the next morning he had 52 weeks of road work. Yeah. But that was when the tonight show was the only, the only show. show. Yeah. Showing stand up. And then, uh, isn't that crazy? And now it's just like, now it's like, uh, logo has comedy specials, which is, you know, <laughs> well, what's crazy to me too, is that there are still clubs that like, will book some headliners. Like, like there are clubs who are like, we like you, but like, we need you to have a TV credit and I can look at their roster and go, okay, this person has a TV credit. This is not a de- a diss on those people, but it's like, nobody's coming in because of that person's like, no one's like, oh yeah, I did see them on TV. It's like, no, it's an arbitrary thing you're assigning. This person doesn't have any more quote fans than I do, right? which is none. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. I have some, it's weird now. I do have like, I've been getting, do you get podcast people coming to? Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's a little it weird. It's, it's weird. It's just weird because I'm like, my podcast is so different from just my stand-up. And also, I'm just not used to, you know, I'm used to performing for crowds that just came to see a comedy show. Right. And then realizing there were people there that came to see me is like, was I okay? Did I do okay? Did you like it? (laughs) You came for me. Like, how was it? But because you forget that, like, those people are more excited to see you. But you go like, are they going to judge me harsher and be like, ah. Because they're like real fucking fans. Yeah. And that's been happening more on the road. Like every show in the last like few months, it's just small handfuls of people, couple people. But it's like you drove, you drove three hours to see me. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I hope I did as good as you wanted me to do. (laughs) It's cool. You should do that festival in June. Skankfest. How do I, do they take submissions? I'll, I'll, I don't want to board. To, is it is it Jay? It's Big Jay. Um, he, I think he likes me. I opened for him in Alaska. Will you? Can you help me? Well, I, I don't. You'll get in on your own. But like, it's basically yeah, weird. a festival for comics who are have podcasts. Okay, I mean, I'll just for the most part, I'm going to be in New York for like two months too. So I'm yeah. Gonna... Uh, it's in. I think it's in June, but it's like the best. It's like an anti-industry festival that's like these are for people who no one's pushing you to like their comedy i love that because i feel like that's i don't feel like i exist to be like fuck the industry but i do just sort of feel like that's where i fall (laughs) well it has uh credibility when like jay is running it jay okerson for those of you uh, fucking the best his crowd work makes me like i'm like i'm just never gonna do crowd work because i'll never be 
Yeah, it's like him. Uh, his, he's so funny. Like, I come watching him perform. Well, uh, I'm I, just like, that's it, it's like comedy coming, not like I just hey, come whatever the comedy. Nothing gets me wetter than fucking funny. You just got booked comedy. on Skankfest right now. Uh, but no, he God damn it. <laughs> but if like everyone were like him, like like Russell, him, it's just like. I've so never chill. heard Jay brag once about many TV credits. and Yeah, he's just know. like a fucking chill dude. It's like you I can be successful and and get great things if you're nice, too. Yeah. And you can get things, too, if you're backstabbing, yeah, I guess. there's like some fucking asshole people that get stuff and you go like, I don't want it to be that way. I want it that like you don't get to succeed. But but they, I find for the most part. Fizzle uh, out. Fizzle out. They don't just, sustain because uh eventually people find out their pieces of shit yeah I th- and that's you know we talk about letting things go and you know that is what i'm trying to learn in my life now it's like you know karma comes back yeah it's like okay well this person isn't gonna make it so it, you know it, probably not but you know there might be one or two that you know they get through the cracks but i find that people uh they don't play. You got to plan ahead in this business. Two steps. Oh, so, you know. oh no. I think I'm doing it wrong. No, but I mean, like <laughs> you do play like, you know, you look at certain shows, you might get a little bit of bump if you did them TV shows, but yeah. you, you're thinking two steps ahead of, okay, I don't want to be known for that or that. that. Yeah. So or it's it, like, who, what do I want my audience to be? What do I want? Right. Yeah. God, because there's been things that like, there's things I've straight up pulled out of that not to say they were actually going to go, but like, and then there's have been things that like got close to going and didn't. And I was like, thank fucking God. Cause I didn't, I was like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to pull out. Cause then it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is, this will be like the biggest thing career, like credit wise you've done so far. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it doesn't, it's not going to happen. And like a wave of relief that it's like, uh, I didn't have to be like, never mind, I don't want to do this. But at that time, it goes back to like, you know, when I was, you know, being passive aggressive with certain people at the time. it was You know who you are. I'm just kidding. Oh, they do. I'm being passive aggressive to people. I'm not even sure I know you're talking about or maybe I do. Who knows? Uh, you know, you probably could take a good guess. Uh, but, you know, at the time, you know, being uh, on, you know, I did certain things that at the time were like the biggest credit I had. And it was like, this is great. Yeah. And then now you look back and go, oh, fuck. I'm glad that didn't happen. Like, yeah. Know. Or you're like, cause it's just like, Oh, what if that was the thing I was known for? Right. And I would be like, I guess my biggest fear is like getting known for something that's not my comedy and people thinking that's who I am. Like, like what I imagine. And this is like, and of course this is a fine thing, but like, I wonder if Jason Alexander gets frustrated that people are just like George Costanza, you know, right. like that's just like, we, well, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm more than, I'm not just George Costanza or whatever. Right. I don't know. Not that I would ever turn down being George Costanza because I oh, basically am. All those um, publishing. <laughs> oh. But that was a bad example because it was a great show, but. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you one like uh, the guitar player from Billy Idol. It's a music uh, example. Uh, he's one of the most talented guitar players on earth, but like he put out a flamenco album that if I. <laughs> Listen, if I 
put this album on for you right now, you'd be like, I, I mean, I don't want to say what you'd be like, but you, I think you would like it. Yeah. The, the musicianship is unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. I then showed you a picture of what he looked like, which is basically a Jersey Shore housewife. Hilarious. Uh, you know, he's black, jet black hair, he's tan, uh, you know, just a, a guido with musician skills. Uh, you'd be like, oh. Ew. That's 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 it. who was playing that. Yeah, you know, isn't that crazy? You know, and, and but I find that happens a lot in the music world. Well, you know, it's, I was just gonna say because it's like even like um, there are probably, I mean, there's a, I'm sure a lot of pop artists that are just machine made, but there's probably a lot of like kitschy top forty pop artists that are actually genuinely talented, right? And like, and not to say that their music obviously is doing well, it's top forty, but like could do so much more, like be more intricate and have like unmatched musical abilities, but they're just like California girls is undeniable. I'm not coming for Katy Perry, but like I like Katy Perry well, no, myself. I like Katy Perry. No, that's, that's why I was like, I love that song, but that you, you write them off as like, they're the, this, and you have no idea how much more they're capable of. Right. Like so many of the, the bands I like, and most people know my musical taste. Rat. They're a great example <laughs> of the guitar player for Rat is unbelievable. I mean, he he did a uh, he was on a show, a Frank Zappa tribute show, and Frank Zappa's music is very hard to play. Like it's very intricate, yeah. and he killed it. Wow. And you know, if if you just look at him now, he's an older guy and just looks like a regular guitar player. But if you showed someone a picture of him from the days in rat where they look like gay pirates you'd <laughs> be like days. oh that's that guy uh let's go on to the next guy yeah, but you're in. like i refuse to accept that he could be, genuinely be artistic right like comics it's you know you you it's hard for a comic to sell out i mean i guess larry the cable guy did i wonder every day how he feels not every day but like how he feels about that that he's like did this character and that blew up because i i've asked Fahim about that once i'm like what if lance canstopolis blew up and you just had to be lance canstopolis and he's like i don't know what i would do but he'd do it for, i mean what can you do i mean to just go up and do like a silly character and then have that be the thing that oh i i have to be this forever until it's burned out because now i feel like if larry K the cable guy no matter I don't know if he's a good comedian without doing Larry the Cable. I know nothing about him. I know his name's Dan Whitney because somebody has, that's been repeated to me by comedians. Like I started before he was Larry, the, you know, all these right. fucking road dogs and shit. I have no idea what his comedic capability is outside of Larry the Cable guy. He could be brilliant and I don't think anyone would ever let him. Yeah. Like, he could be as funny as Bill Burr and people would be like, boo, Larry, Larry. <laughs> There's a carrot top. Yeah. It's like you can't escape that in that is like a genuinely huge fear of mine or like, you know, it's not a fear. It's just like, I just don't want it. I, it, I'm not chasing fame. So I don't want to get pigeonholed into a thing. That's not who I am. Like I like, I got into comedy because I'm a funny person. I enjoy making people laugh. I want to be able to like grow as myself or some version of who I am on stage. Right. And not just be like, a character. Get her done. Get her done. I will open for you at any point, Larry the Cable Guy, though. So if you need, oh me, yeah, yeah, like take me to your arenas. I oh will eat yeah, your beefaroni that's sold at Big Lots. I don't care. Oh, well, that's what I love about people who criticize someone like Larry the Cable Guy. It just yeah. worked out. 
but they'll open for if they were asked to open for him. Oh yes, Mr. Whitney. I mean, Mr. Guy. Mr. Cable Guy. Yeah. Oh, you're awesome. I call you Mr. The Cable Guy. You know, I saw yeah. one comic at the store. You know, he rips into Rob Schneider's movies and you know his show on Netflix. And uh, Rob was up there and uh, oh, Rob, big Sucking fan. Sucking their dick. Big fan. It's crazy. That's what's like. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do what Larry the Cable Guy has done as my career, but like, fuck you. I respect that you like made that a career out of that. Are you kidding? And like, I've also finally gotten to a place where I can accept that me, like someone's comedy not being for me doesn't mean they're not funny. Oh, absolutely. Comedy subjective. And it used to be, you know, I would do the thing where I'd see someone like, they're not funny. And it's like, no, I'm not their audience. Like, I don't think this person's funny because I'm not a 21 year old frat guy. They have an audience. You know what I mean? Just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not really super into Bill Hicks, who is a legend. Like, yeah. I, and I, he's great. Yeah. I just, I don't, I myself don't get it. But, yeah. uh, you know, but I like stupid, not stupider, but like, I yeah, like, I, like uh, I want to be entertained. I don't want to think about, you know, yeah, the rainforest. I, I go in between. Yeah, it's where it's like, I like well thought out comedy. I like people with, interesting points of view that do make me think a little, but at the end of the day, I also need to be entertained. Like I have no interest in watching a humorist for 45 minutes. Right. Like I want you to, I want to like feel engaged. I want to, I like, I love silly. Yeah. I want to be, I want to forget about my problems. Yeah. I don't want to be like, <laughs> we are all dying in oh a godless God. universe. It's going to be a nuclear war with North Korea. I'd rather hear Greg Giraldo. Oh, just you Greg know, Geraldo, who was like the hero. The I mean, it's just like a fucking god among yeah, mortals. I mean, like that's another one who, even though he was famous, like you should be on a TV show or like you know. It's like why aren't you like more famous? Yeah, like Tom Rhodes is another one where it's like oh, yes. No, there's a guy who might be even nice. He makes Russell Peters look like a dick. He's yeah. so fucking nice. It's like, yeah, he's got a loving wife. Like. It's not well, a, male comics get loving wives. He's, yeah, he's not wolfing around. Uh, <laughs> he's not out fucking with his dick out everywhere like ladies. Yeah, he's not you know doing Rick Rome's uh, Liam's on a Tuesday night trying to blow it out with a bartender. Like Poonhound. Just like yeah, the, oh when men are when you do see like pig gross male comics that. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, they like have a wife and they're like, uh, we could fucking, you're like, ew. Oh yeah. Oh, do you loser? I saw a guy, I won't mention his name the other night at the store. He had a couple female fans and he, he was taking off his wedding ring in the bathroom. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. And he's like, oh, Earl, I love my wife, but I got to get some pussy right now. It's like, ew. So nasty. And like, fucking people are so gross but also i mean whatever i think it's easier for male comics to find people to marry i don't know man it depends it's, on uh, i don't know famous male male comics get a wife and family and female famous females get dogs <laughs> well i mean that's true but. <laughs> which is arguably better than a family uh but because like your dog will die and then you don't have to worry about them but lois don't listen to that last part not lois lois will live forever where is Lois? Lois is uh, Lois. Come here, come on, Lois. The cutest dog in the world. I mean, she's up there, Lois. Go sit with Jessica. Come sit with me. Lois is uh, only bitten four people, all male though. So oh, she's a smart lady. Oh, she's no joke. Men are fuckheads, Lois. Well, most of them. 
Yeah, not all men. Uh, there's a lot. Of, most men, I think most men are great. Most you know male what, though, comics is are that great. I agree, but I also think men are like, this is going to sound so fucked up. I think men are just wired differently and are like more animalistic than women. I think maybe this is just egotistical. I think women are more emotionally evolved. 100%. People get mad at men for the way they act, but it's like, yeah, but they're also like literally just animals. Even the... the it's like, oh, he whipped his dick out? Yeah, because he's like a hairless monkey. He's just like, penis. It's like, it's not his fault. He has a dumb man brain. I, you know, I, I, I hate to uh, agree with that point, but yeah, I think men are animals. They're, yeah. uh, We're expecting men to be more evolved, like to be more evolved than they are. But you can evolve. Of and, course, and you can learn what's right and wrong. But I think people discount how much you genuinely have to teach men that like, hey, that's not okay because their brain will go penis, sex, sex, sex. And you have to be like, N- no, you can't just whip your dick out. And they're like, okay. What's like the dice clay joke where he, uh, and this is early, early dice, but it's kind of fits with what we're talking about where he's like, I bought this girl a pizza and she wouldn't fuck me. And, I'm like, well, I bought you pizza. You knew I wanted to fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know. That's like how man male brains work. It's almost like you, you have to like train men like dogs if you want them to like be aware of what they can and can't do sexually or expect. You have to be like, no, bad. Spray them with a water bottle, but like at an early age. But my problem is I'm really generous. So like I'll take someone to like a super nice thing, but I, I don't expect you to fuck me because of it. Not even like a little in the back of your mind? Are Not you like really. hoping that you'll fuck me? Well... I mean, it depends on... Like, every uh, man's just hoping someone will fuck them. <laughs> like, if I take uh, a girl to a concert, I'm going to pay for the best tickets possible. I don't expect the girl to suck my dick when we're driving back from the concert. Okay, so you'll take me to Stagecoach. I would take you to a concert if I like the band. Oh, so I mean, not if you just coach. randomly said... Earl, you don't want to see Garth Brooks at a festival. I get it. I like Garth Brooks because he was on the kiss tribute record and he what did, did he sing he sang hard luck woman uh, which is a song now i'm this is delving into uh you know a music podcast but like uh, paul stanley wrote hard luck woman for rod stewart rod stewart passed passed on the song and so paul gave it to their drummer peter chris who sings like rod, rod he sang like rod stewart at the time i love rod stewart um and i'm not afraid to admit that well, you know, I just saw him in something. I'm not at liberty to just say what it was. A porn? No, no. He was my neighbor as a kid. Really? I lived a wacky life. I would have blown Rod Stewart. I want to interview you about your life on my podcast. I would love to. Let's do it next week. Yeah. Oh, I'll be gone. I'm in New York for two months. Oh, well, um, New York's a great... Come uh, to New York or I'll do it when we get back. I would come to New York. I, they, I will say this, you know, I know everyone loves the seller at the comedy, uh, in the comedy world, yeah. but... My heart will always be with the great Patrick Milligan at the stand. At the stand. I need to email him again. I He's, the stand seems so great. Uh, let, let me Based tell on you, the people who I know like it. I'm like, oh, that's my vibe. Well, I and I, you know, I hope Patrick doesn't mind me talking about him because Booker's like they got enough problems. Yeah. Oh, uh, like you, leave me the fuck alone. I don't recommend anyone, uh, it, even though like at the store there's. I'm so thankful for bookers and like the patience they have. I, I could say when I host potluck, the very few times I do, it's a little bit of a, what a booker gets. It's a nightmare. And that's potluck. 
Yeah, and that's a fucking open mic. I can imagine what Adam gets, what Patrick gets, what the, I don't know who books a seller. Estee. <laughs> I, I would like to at some point, but Estee? I, I don't know how to say her name. I mean, I could only imagine what Patrick and Adam go through. Like Like I have stopped being like when Adam became Booker, I became like less friend friends with him out of feeling bad reaching out to him because I feel like he's just constantly blown up. Oh, I we were like kind of friends. Yeah, I'd be like we could joke, and I'd be like, I'm just gonna leave him alone because <laughs> I feel like he probably wants to throw his phone and in a river and like punch people in the head, which he is not gonna punch anyone in the head. He's not like an angry, crazy person. But I, I can only imagine. I project that onto people. I mean, I, I booked a monthly show briefly on my front lawn and it like the amount I got hit up was too much. And I was like, this is a lawn show, right? Can you imagine what like being like one of the, like the great comedy clubs? Like it's like, uh, I, I can't, I mean, when I host Pollock, I get probably 30 messages, uh, uh, Twitter uh, messenger oh, the requests that suddenly come in. Hey, yeah. how are you? Hey, Earl, man, uh, you were great on season two of Roast Battle. Um, I wasn't on it. Oh, season one. Which, how many seasons are there? You were great on the first episode of I'm Dying Up Here. Um, I wasn't on until episode four. Oh, yeah, four. Four. It's crazy. Me booking for pot, like hosting Potluck, my cycle is I probably do it every two years because I'll be like, why haven't I hosted Potluck? And then I do it and I'm like, I hate this. I'm never signing up again. And then two years later, I'm like, why don't I ever put in avails to host potluck? Well, I got really into it at one point where I put in every week because I loved getting my friends like Nicole Buchanan. Yeah, getting them spot, getting them up when they don't always get to get up. Uh, nice. you know, I love Nicole. Oh, she's like the fucking best. And like uh, you know, Sarah Keller, some other comics. Sarah's great. She's awesome. And like they would sit in the back. They would never ask. And then I'd be like, get ready. You're next. When you have time. Yeah, that's all you can do too because the people who hit you up, you're like, even if I want to help you with potluck. And it's gotten... Harder because a you have to get up, up all the door guys, which has always been a thing. But then like a lot of times Adam squeezes in development spots or people you have to put up first. So it's like even if I want to help you, I cannot guarantee it. So just fucking don't breathe down my neck. Yeah, there's like I think come uh, and if I can get you up and if I like you and I can get you up, I will. But like, I mean, you have to put up really uh, first 17 comics are booked or like drawn, you know, but basically booked. Uh, yeah. And then you have 30 or so employees uh, and they all have to get up and that's why they work there. So they should get up. Yeah, It's like they get paid garbage. Let them have their fucking three minutes. So that's 50 comics and then development spots. I mean, it's so tough to get in at the store, which is another reason I just like get on my knees every fucking night. I'm so thankful that development spots get thrown on potluck now because there's no other there's no fucking, really, there's not enough stage time uh, for the amount of comics that, Adam wants to see develop. So there's like, you have to put up close to, and Poppins, like a Jimmy Carr, David Spade. You never know how long they're going to do. Jim Jeffries, uh, you know, uh, uh, Neil Brennan, the last time I hosted. And so there's literally 60 comics you have to get up before I can say to Nicole or, Anyone, you know, yeah, Sarah, uh, your like friend. Uh, oh, yeah, no, Cass. I, she said Thank hello. You for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's like, I well, no, felt that's anytime I have a friend coming and it's like, 
I felt horrible I'm saying. Town, I'm like, let me. I'll. And, and but the thing is, is I always feel horrible too. But we know how it is. Look how cute Lois is. Lois is like spread eagle right now. Dogs love me. Um, uh, but like, so I, I always be like, I'll try. And and when I have people come out from out of town, I'm like, it's almost easier if you just can do the open mic and let me just like see if I can get you on that list. If keep I talking, because like. Because I know how it is. That's why anytime I ask a host if I have a friend from out of town, I'll be like, look, it's unlikely that they can even get you up. But let me ask if they'll like at least like keep an eye out for you if there is time. So I'm sorry, you guys. He's taking a picture and I'm petting Lois and I just smiled and realized, oh, I just quit talking. Sorry. I, I'm a one man operation here at Inappropriate Earl Studios. Uh, <laughs> it's um, Lois is so cute. You guys can't. I can't even stand it. Uh, you oh. know, so when I have to take a picture of the guest, she got the Billy Idol snaggle tooth. She does this. Why isn't she? Does she have her own Instagram? She, you know, she'd she probably should. get more fucking numbers than she I probably would. would. No, I'm not kidding. You need to like. What's the point of having an animal if you're not going to exploit them for Instagram fame? <laughs> Troy Conrad took three pictures. Troy Conrad comes to the great legend of Troy Conrad. He's so fucking talented. Has a com. I see. That's uh, people don't understand how great a comic he is. He does. Uh, com- I didn't even know he did stand up. Yeah, that's how I met him. He would did. <gasps> he did this character. Uh, uh, Jesus, he, like uh, I forget what it was. Fuck. Like, and he came out as Jesus. And it was like he kind of looked like uh, our dearly departed friend. Oh, Kevin! And by the way, I don't think I uh, I've mentioned Kevin on this uh, podcast since his passing. But if you're from LA, everyone knows. Even if you're not from LA, you know sunset who it is. slash Hollywood Jesus. Kevin Lee Light. We lost him a couple good uh, in December. Of the store. Oh, he was. Uh, I mean. You talk about getting your name on the wall. He's like the only non-comic I've ever seen get their name on the marquee. On the marquee and well-deserved. He was such a good guy. Oh, he was like, his massages were like... His, uh, he, like I miss them. His hands were he like... Had giant hands. Double the size of mine, but... Uh, Can someone please give me a massage? Are you out there, someone with big hands? Well, uh, you, uh, well let's not go there with my fan base. <laughs> Uh, where are you going to be in New York? You got any shows? Uh, uh, when is this coming out? This is coming out in about one hour. Okay. Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia this weekend at Helium Comedy Club with Ari Shafir. And uh, and then... I'm Last doing- time I saw him, he was naked throwing urine on Zach Amico at the Naked Roast Battle. Really? He's going to adopt me and be my, my adopted father. That's another dude. How many times have you ever heard Ari brag? No. I Ari is like... And I feel like I don't know how this would be perceived by like industry or whatever. I look up to Ari so much. He's always been so helpful, like with advice or. Right. And he never makes me feel like I'm like a dumb open micer or like I'm a dumb. He's just he's just a human. You can be like, what do you think of this? And he's like, whatever. I don't know. But. But he gets it like Rogan helped him out. Yeah. And he does so well. And like he has been very helpful to me. He's letting me open for him. Uh and uh yeah no he never brags he's doing so well and like finally i feel like it took him forever to like pop i don't know i've always thought he was so funny and oh yeah i mean but and i like how he like you know he's just a human he's just like once again there are good people who do make it yeah it's refreshing you know who who work hard and like he was a fucking door guy at the store like you like that's why you should always be nice to everyone yeah you don't know who's gonna make it and also just because it's good to be nice it makes you feel good. yeah i mean you shouldn't be yeah you should be nice anyway but like you know i remember people shitting on adam divine when he wasn't even a door guy at the improv 
He was a fucking ticket taker in the in the the he was basically the cashier. That's so funny. That and now look. Yeah, now I guarantee you he put people on workaholics and all the other things he's doing. Hey, this guy or girl, they were nice really to me. Nice to me. They didn't shit on me. They were like a normal, decent human. Yeah. Um, New York. I'm gonna. So helium this weekend, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I'm on comedians you should know in New York next Wednesday the seventh at Gutter Bar in Brooklyn, and then I'll be I'll be doing all the clubs and stuff. Just follow my Instagram. I'll, I'll start posting. I just I don't know off the top of my head. All right, follow my podcast. I mean, listen to it. Ignorance is hashtag blessed jms comedy on instagram and twitter she really is we could go longer but you know we're at the hour and 40 minute mark damn i'm sorry did i overdo it no i love it Uh, we could go on probably another hour but my fan base i love them uh they're off here and jerk off to weird like to your legs on facebook live and please i say this every time i have a female guest don't be inappropriate. Don't send her like, hey, can I see your pussy lip hanging out of your dolphin shorts? Yeah. She's cool. Treat her like a fucking human. And uh, we'll, we'll skank fest. I have a feeling we'll be seeing her on that. Yay. And uh, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, you know the drill. Leave a review. It takes two seconds. Good or bad. I leave the bad ones up. Mainly because I can't figure out a way to take them down. <laughs> One guy said it's the best bad review. He said, I used to love Inappropriate Earl. And then he started interviewing comics I've never heard of. Unsubscribed. <laughs> Just so blunt, like, that's, out. It's like, that's how you discover new people, you asshole. Yeah, it's Whatever. like, I, what, you think I can have access to Jerry Seinfeld and Kevin Hart and, yeah. you know, uh, Jeff Ross and, like, Dave Chappelle. And, like, I interview my friends who I'm trying to, I try and do what Rogan does. Yeah. On a much, much smaller scale. <laughs> Don't we all? But like you look at what Joe did. He didn't have to put Ari or Duncan or Hinchcliffe or George Perez and, and uh, Red Band. You know, he said, hey, these are my funny friends. You should know them. Yeah. That's, that's what I great. try and do. I love so, that. Thank you. Uh, you're not going to get the same amount of followers as you would if you did Joe Rogan's. But I do my best. Thank you. You're so kind. You are. Well, we're going to talk off air a little bit. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.